Welcome to the Everything Eichler podcast brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. And today I'm sitting with Doug Roberts and him and his wife, Karen, own Conquest Sense. And, you know, unless you get a chance to actually watch some of their videos or even the TV shows they were doing or see, uh, I've got a YouTube out there where we went and visited their location Unless you see the way they handle their deer, it's hard to understand who these people are. But Doug, owner, uh, you you do everything. You wear a lot of hats. But thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, more than happy to, Fred. It's always good to talk with you, Doug. What what's fun for me is you know you and Karen and and you know your family and and your crew invited us to your place, and we got to walk around and see what makes Conquest so different. And that, to me, was probably one of the most eye-opening things I've ever had because we have a lot of critters. We have cattle and horses and chickens and goats and pigs and, you know, all this stuff. But you have, like, deer. <laughs> and, yep. and, and, you know, I want you to talk a little bit because I think, you know, scents are not all created equal. And I, I've learned that the hard way, trapping. Uh, I grew up trapping, and there were certain scents that would, by gosh, they'd work great and, Man, it seemed like I could catch, you know, possums or coons or coyotes or whatever with them. And there were other scents that just didn't really turn anything on or, or didn't get the same uh, the same reaction. And it's the same thing with uh, whether it's coyotes or predators that I'm trying to lure in, whether it's elk I'm trying to lure in or deer I'm trying to lure in. So let's talk a little bit about what – and I know you don't – got to explain – Doug, too, but for those listening, I know this is difficult for you because you don't brag on yourself. So I'm asking you not to. I know that's really hard for you, but let's brag on the business because I think the way you guys <laughs> run it and and how proud you are of the deer and the facility you have, I, I think for you it's going to be easier if you talk about that because uh, you know I know I know you too right. Well, well it, it, Fred, one of the things you said is, is very key. There there are a lot of differences in the sense that are out on the market today. You know, what, what makes Doug and Karen Roberts or Conquest Sense unique is that it first started out 30 years ago as a deer farm. And it has evolved over those 30 years and has done many, many things. In fact, it's done everything that you could do uh, in what we call the deer farming industry. Everything from raising the deer, genetic uh, programs, artificial insemination, to brokering deer, to building high-fence hunting ranches. Then we got into the scent collection process. Um, Karen and I are very particular with how we do things. She's even more than I am. Um, call it ADD or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> what what really makes the difference for Conquest Sense is that we, we have our own deer right here on the 100-acre farm. We live here 24-7. We collect all of our products from these deer and can immediately process it and manufacture it and get it packaged because the manufacturing facility is also right here on the deer farm. So everything is done here and it's done very quickly. So, for example, if we bring a group of deer in and we collect a batch of Evercom, within two days, that product is already in the container, it's in the package, it's already sealed, and it's ready to be shipped out to the stores or directly to the hunters. That's extremely fresh. If you take the larger other companies in our industry, 
they don't own a deer. So what they do is they buy 55 gallon drums of urine from different farms across the country. They have those shipped on a semi to a, a packaging plant and then they have them fill it. And what happens is over that time of waiting, the product spoils. It turns to ammonia. And for years, hunters were trained to think that ammonia-smelling scents were okay. And in reality, they're spoiled, but there was no other way of getting fresh product until, uh, you know, ourselves. Um, I'll even give somebody else, a, a competitor of ours, a kudos. Mrs. Dopey has very good product because they own their own animals. They collect it and they process it on their own facility. Uh, and they're wonderful people. Um, you know, so again, that makes us different than the rest of the scent industry. Right. And I was also blown away because I, and I think that's super important. I got to witness that when I went to your facility and it was super clean. I mean, it looked like a, uh, you could eat off the floor. Like you guys are, when you say a little fanatical about it, like I was like expecting deer farm and, and deer poop and, you know, you know, stuff, but let's talk a little bit about, because again, you gave a very short, brief, uh, overview there you you explained to me one time that one of the things that makes you know like the deer urine and 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 the you know uh the extra stuff that you collect so uh pure i guess if you will and so fresh is that you're also your deer eating grass they're eating a lot of grass and and you're rotating them in pastures so it's not uh they're not eating pellets or or meat or you know i say meat but you know how a lot of those uh bagged foods now or crunched up everything you know from right. whatever so you said that you feel in your mind that that makes what, kind of a difference as well well what we do yeah we do feed a pellet but there's a difference in our pellet what we've designed our pellet to do is there's no fillers there's no nothing in our pellet that is not usable by the white-tailed deer and so not only can we give them everything they need and so it's a corn soybean based pellet with all the vitamins and minerals, we do natural organic oils, uh, minerals. Um, so all of that thing can be in a pellet because we want them to what we call maximize or fill in the gaps. So if all of the gaps are filled and they're getting 100% of what they need, we have healthier deer. And then we do, we rotate our pens every six months. So we let a pen set for six months, then we use it for six months. You know, it allows the soil and the ground to restructure itself and get rid of all the sediment. It kind of like filters it out. And so everything stays healthier. And so when we do collect from these deer, we're getting 100% of the best product that we can. Um, even if it comes down to where we harvest them for venison, it's, it's really a phenomenal tasting meat because it's not a wild gamey taste. Right now, see that's what we had talked about is the type of the type of food yep. that you had the deer dressing, and that you know I, I was like, wow, I don't put that much thought into what I'm feeding my cows or my horses, I guess. So yep. that was that was fascinating to me. Well, you got you got to remember too that you know we're also trying to raise some of the biggest typical whitetails that we can possibly raise. Um, you know, and like this year we just raised a two year old that typical six by six typical two sixteen. Uh, second set of antlers. Oh, oh, oh. did you say that, a two and a half year old deer that's two hundred and sixteen inches typical? <laughs> yes, um, beautiful. It just probably the prettiest deer I've raised in thirty years. Uh, it really is. It just 
it had tie length, it had width, it had beam length, <laughs> um, had some mass, but it just, you know, it only had mass as a two and a half year old. But yeah, growth score 216. Um, you, you get that because of a couple things. One, you have the right genetics. Two, you give the right nutrition to maximize the genetic potential of antler growth within that animal. Um, and the healthier they are, the stronger the immune system, if the body is built up, everything goes in the antler. And so we maximize that. And, and that's big for us because, of course, we sell the bucks to large hunting ranches. Um, and, and then we collect all of our scents from the younger stuff and from the does. So, again, healthy animals give us great product to get the great hunters. Well, and here's another thing that you guys have added is all kinds of ways to put that scent out. So, you know, let's talk about some of the things that you guys have really innovated in the industry. Um, I was so early on, and Doug, you probably did this early on. I learned like, I'm sure I read it in Bullhunter Magazine or something like, oh, you got to do a drag rag. You know, a drag rag is the way to go. So (laughs) like a lot of people, I went out, I poured sand on a drag rag, and I dragged it hundreds of yards across this field to my stand, not realizing that, or at least nobody talked about this in the article I read, was that the strongest part of that scent was where I poured it onto the rag. And the further yep. I walked from there to my stand, is that scent got weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker and weaker. Now, I had been doing this for a few days, and no deer had reacted. Finally, I see a buck come, and he hits about the middle of my scent drag, where I dragged because I could see across his field, and it hits it. And the deer starts walking toward my stand, and I'm super excited. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is totally going to work. And he goes like, I don't even know, 75 yards, it's, it's been a while ago, but a ways, enough to get me excited. And then the deer turns and starts going the other way. And I'm like, what's going on? And the deer, as he starts going the other way, starts speeding up. And it finally hit me. I was like, the deer's going the other way because the scent's stronger the other way. Yep. It's weaker where, he, where he's coming to me. So people have struggled without a properly used scent. And I and again, I told you I started out trapping, you know, which is, it's all about scents. So that taught me like, wow, okay, the strongest scent needs to be closer to me. So then I started like, I'd yep. put one drop on and then I'd drag it 20 yards. And I'd put two drops on and then, you know, <laughs> I had all these, you know, like all hunters, we all have our little, you know, our remedies or things that we believe will help sure. us out. But, you know, one problem that, you know, all hunters always had is you put that scent out and it, and it starts to dissipate in strength. You know, you, your first, right. your first hour, it's pretty strong. The second hour, eh, it's okay. Third hour, you know, so then I started doing things like, you know, okay, every 20 minutes, I'm going to pull out my scent and I'm going to put a couple extra drops in and then I would either drop the bottle or I would drop. So you guys have done some things super innovative and I want to talk about that. I want to talk about yeah. the stick. Um, let's talk about the stick and the idea for that. And, you know, it's, I want to say deodorant stick, but let's talk a little bit about how you guys did that and how much that's helped because I use that in both my elk scent and my deer scent now. Well, it's not to mention the coyote and the rabbit scent. Matter (laughs) of fact, that I, that I smear on calls or I smear on my boots when I'm hunting a lot. Well, you know, Fred, everything that we've come up with has, has been because either we, we had a problem that we had to solve or something just happened by accident and we happen to be blessed enough to notice it. Um, and, and the wax formula really was one of those just by accident things uh, originally. Liquid scents, you're right, they get, they're messy. Uh, you get them all over yourself. 
and they do. They they dilute out very quickly, whether it's through the air or even with moisture, you know, rain and all of that things in your drag lines. I mean, for years we didn't realize that deer could really test the strengths and knew enough to go towards the strongest strength. Um, so hunters are being more and more educated all the time. But the wax formula, I was literally um, grilling uh, and carrying a lit a candle on our on our back deck on the table and it started to sprinkle and these raindrops would hit that melted wax and it bounced out on the table as a bead and and i just out of boredom started squishing them and all of a sudden i realized every time i squished one a little bit of water would squirt out the raindrop and i looked at that and i walked into her and i said you know what we're going to encapsulate the liquid into wax and therefore what are you talking about doug she looked at me like I had about six horns coming out of my head, <laughs> all the wrong directions. And I said, no, I says, you know, all of your best wine bottles and different things are sealed with wax because it's a natural holder and preservative. And, and you don't have to put any preservatives in it. It's just a, it's a natural non-smelling holder. And she goes, you know, what are you going to put in? I said, I don't have a clue. But I said, I got to figure out how can we encapsulate the urine in to wax and, and so that was the next thing well of course the next morning you get up you're getting ready and all of that and we're getting ready i brush my teeth i grab my deodorant i go to put it on and i just stopped and i looked at it and i went deodorant container i looked at it and i said we're going to put it in this and she goes a deodorant container i says why not i says deodorant companies put their deodorant in it there's got to be a way of doing this and so we just started researching it and and sure enough we found out how to do it but what's nice about the wax and you're exactly right. The urine evaporates out of the wax at a consistent rate based on temperature and wind. You cannot overwhelm an area. It never dilutes itself, and it's very constant. And the strength is equal at the beginning of a drag line as it is at the end of a drag line. Therefore, it can pull the buck and the deer in the right direction all the time. And, uh, you know, for the first four years, we couldn't get anyone to buy it. They thought it was the biggest joke. And then once it caught on and people realized it really worked, then everyone wanted to keep it a secret and not tell their buddies. So right. it, took us a, it took us a few <laughs> and, years and to get this sucker going. Want. Yeah, you, you, know, you want people <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> right. And they, they were like, no way, man. We're shooting the biggest bucks we've ever seen. You know, where I'm telling my buddies, I'm like, no, 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 do that. That hurts us. You, you <laughs> but, make me feel like a window licker. I love that you can look at a friggin' wax bead that falls off a candle and come up with a product on it and then go put the odor on and think of how you're going to do it. I'm that guy that's like, uh, wax. I'm going to roll the wax around in my fingers. <laughs> and then, like, yeah, but <laughs> and then, yeah, just, and if, I know, just, if I'm lucky enough to put on deodorant and don't smell enough to drive everybody crazy, <laughs> I certainly don't think of a product. Uh, you know, coming up with it, but that was one of the things that you guys did. That I'm like, yep. it's it's cleaner, it's easier. If you have it in your pack, you don't have to worry about like you know we've all broken or had the caps come off. You know, liquid oh, scent. Gosh, yeah. And I don't get me wrong, Stink. I love liquid scent. I use liquid scent when I'm trapping. I use I still use a lot of the liquid scent like VS1. I can't hunt whitetails without it. I, you know, I've got yep. that. But I want to talk about some of those crazy innovative things you've done. So like the I'll call it a deodorant stick, but you know, like some of that stuff that you guys have come up with, it's just, it's fascinating. And now the one, and I'm a little embarrassed to admit this one, the one that I thought I was like, come on, Doug, the scent fire. 
You don't like vaping, huh? Oh, it's it now. It's become one of my favorite things. But when when I yep. first saw it, I'll be honest. I was like, I don't know. You know that this deal. And then Michelle went out, smoked a buck with it, and she was like, it was standing over the scent fire. And then we started yep. putting it out, and I have video of deer coming up, and you know the way you can again intermittently you can push a button on a remote and make that scent come out when you want it and that's the thing when deer coming by and every hunter's experience is you want the strongest scent to be right then i'm that guy that like even with elk when it, when i see an elk coming by i'm like oh i want it to smell awful strong right now i want it yep. to really you know so that's when i'm squirting you know my elk scent or that's when i may be squirting my whatever it is you know or i'm dropping a couple extra drops of vs1 but the scent fire allows you to put the scent out exactly when you want it but also, in case there's deer that you don't see cruising by in the brush or in the trees, it's going to intermittently put it out. So talk a little bit about the scent fire, how that came about, and uh, the it, success you guys are okay. having with that. Well, the success we're having it is phenomenal. It's become our number one seller other than the Evercomb stick. I mean, it really jumped to the top quick. But, you know, I've always believed... And, and you can understand this as a trapper that anytime you can heat uh, something that smells, it gets stronger and it carries further through the air on the wind currents. So, how many years, how many I've old bear trying, hunters? I, I I not to interrupt you, but to go along that. Oh, term, how pot. many how many old bear hunters would do the honey pot? Right, honey was one thing, Absolutely. but you would put the little sterno thing underneath it and heat the honey, yep. and that man that would bring in bears. All right, go ahead. Sorry. Yep. And that's exactly what it was. So for years, I've been trying to figure out, I've been playing with different things uh, of how to heat this, but nothing was, um, I guess, not not economical, but um, easy to use for the hunter. It was still cumbersome. And then um, some good friends of ours, we were talking with them, and I said, you know, I want a way of heating. And they said, well, what about vaping? I said, man, you're taking liquid and immediately turn it into a vapor. I said, that would be ideal. That's perfect. And uh, so we literally started designing uh, the scent fire. And that's how that come about. So uh, the vaping lifestyle of what kind of come about is what we kind of took it from. But it's, it is. It's the ultimate way of instantly heating liquid scent, turning it into a vapor so it's hot. It carries further on the wind currents. And then we said, let's use a remote up to 40 yards away. So for bow hunters, we can control, like you said, when we put the scent out, how much we put out, and we can also turn it off if we feel that they're getting so close and we don't want something to spook. Now, I don't believe in that, but some hunters wanted to be able to put it on standby. So you can have it go off automatically one minute. You can have it automatically go off at three minutes. Or every time you push that button, I can just fill the area with the scent that I want. The other cool thing I'm a one is minute, we design. I'm a, I'm a one-minute guy, but then yep. I have the button right there, and every time I see a deer, I'm like, boop, 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 boop. like <laughs> I, I'm about the I'm about the every ten second guy. Okay, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just well, the thing too is it's always telling me the wind current. Right, That's you can what see exactly what's going on. That's a good point. You can see what's going on. You can see the direction it's going. So you you know that your sense going into the right area where you want it to go. But the other neat thing that we did is you can use multiple units with one remote. So you can set two, three, four units off 
all at the same time with different scents. So I can have my VS1, my Evercom, my running buck all working at the same time with one remote. And that is makes it very unique from a bow hunter standpoint. Well, that, that to me was another huge, huge home run that you guys hit. I, I mean, you know, that, and I guess that I, one, wait till you see the next one. We're, next thing we're coming out with, Brad, you're going to look at me and just shake your head on this one. Unless it's um, got a little lasso and it actually lassos the animal <laughs> and drags it to you. I don't know what else you could do because this is the innovation that you guys have done on that. And like, even the, you know, there's so many, I guess that's what's neat to me is there's a lot of scent companies. And you mentioned a competitor earlier that does a great job. But one of the things you guys have done is you've taken that innovation to a whole new level with things. I mean, there's been scents out there since I was a kid. We don't have to talk about how long ago that was. But, you know, <laughs> you you and me have, you know, have dealt with scents, you know, and, and from a trapping side, not only trapping, but also in the hunting industry. I remember being a teenager and being like, oh, my gosh, there's a scent out we can use for deer now. <laughs> but you guys, where a lot of people have just gone, yep, here's our scent, you guys have taken different ways of putting that scent out ways to keep it fresh go ahead you know karen and i have been extremely blessed and and the things that we've been able to do and, and we are we've done a lot of firsts yeah. uh, and i think that's what's that's what's put conquest sense at a premium category where, where the, the you know our ever call was the number one requested sense in the deer hunting industry um you know we we were the first ones to come out with uh an estrus scent with vaginal secretion that's vs1 no one, and still people struggle getting it because it's hard to get. Well, the innovation it, um, is unreal. And I, I, yep. I, you know, we pay to get that friggin' overnighted because it's that good. Like there's others right. that pay the extra money because yep. it, once you use that, you don't, you feel like you have it, to have it. It's like, it's, like you have to yeah. have a range finder or you have to have your bow or there's certain things that you go, man, I feel like I'm not, I don't have everything I need if I don't have it. Well, and that's, it's interesting you bring that up because we were told when we first started out, you need to create products that are must-haves in the tool hunter's toolkit. Not things they may want, but must-haves. They must have a bow. They must have arrows. They must have the scent. Uh, and so we were always kind of concentrated on how do we create something better or something new. So BS1 created a whole new estrus scent category. We then come out with the wax formula, which had never been around. So it's a solid stick formula, no mess, no leaking, no spills, use it until it's gone, consistent evaporation. Well, then we come out with Evercalm, the first ever calming scent. So we literally created a new scent category in the hunting industry that had never been there. And now everyone's trying to come out with calming scents. Well, and Evercalm, um, you're, you're as a hunter and a guy that's around deer all the time you know i don't know what it's called you may even know but there's something that a deer can excrete when they take off and get spooked and run when another yep. deer comes to that spot and smells where that deer ran it knows something's yep. wrong yep and there yeah the glands there's actually a scent that comes out of the glands when they are startled or scared um yeah, and that's and it definitely changes, and deer can sense that through the air without even seeing those deer. Now, for me, people can sense it because it's called passing gas when I do it when I get really scared. <laughs> well, but yeah. but you know, and that travels through the air as well. But <laughs> going back to the scent stuff, the the calming scent was super super smart, and like the Evercom on the elk herd, you know, 
to yep. make elk feel calm, like I use a decoy in conjunction with scent a lot now because I think, yep. you know, and I think you, I think you're on track with me here, but anything I can do to fool all the different senses, you know, if I can use a call and fool their ears and I can use a decoy and fool their eyes and I can use yep. a scent and, and fool their nose, I've got multiple things working in my favor. When they're coming in, the more things I can do to sell that setup either as a safe place or from a breeding standpoint or a territorial fighting standpoint, you know, whatever I can do. So when I have a decoy out, you know, if I'm not using, you know, like an elk herd, which is huge for me, um, you know, to calm them down a scent that when they come by or see the decoy or go downwind of the decoy, they're calm and they can smell that. Same thing yep. with the predator scents. Like I, I don't think you guys and, and, really as trappers or as, as more guys are using it, you know, the coyote scent, the rabbit scent, there's a ton of predator hunters out there. And is they're realizing yep. that if that scent, whether it's the coyote scent, the dead run, the, the rabbit scent, if it's on your call, on your boots, if it keeps that coyote around for another two seconds, sometimes that makes a difference between getting a shot at that right. coyote or not getting a shot at the coyote. No different than it is with the elk, the deer, or anything else you're trying to lure in. Yeah, I, I hope everyone is really listening. And, and, and Fred, you're exactly right. So what you just said, and, and I hope hunters pick up on this, there are three main senses. And if you can capture, the more of those three that you can capture, so like you said, if I can capture the ears, I can capture the eyes, I can capture the nose, that's 90%. You, and I always say you increase your odds to basically 90%. And they're like, well, yeah, but where's, what's the other 10%? 10% is the sixth sense that yep. nature just has in those animals built in. And there's nothing you can do about it. But if I can control their nose and grab 30%, and I can grab their eyes and grab 30%, now I got 60% chance. I can bring that animal in close enough to have a chance to harvest it. Now, if I can bring the ears in with a call or something like that, and I can increase my chances, you know, and I say up to 90%, man, why would you not do that? Because the thing you have to understand is those things that you use must be real to their senses. And the nose is the most sensitive. And so you better be using real sense with no preservatives in them to get that nose to go, that's real. Those are real deer. Those are real elk up there that I smell. Now, can I see them? Oh, there's a decoy. I can see one of them. Yep. Well, I'm, I'm going to go up. I'm going to check them out. Why? Because I'm curious. If deer and elk weren't curious, we wouldn't kill hardly any of them. <laughs> right, right. Or, I mean, it's just the truth. Oh, yeah. Or if we weren't taking advantage of their need to either breed or to fight, you know, territorial to me. Right, or eat. Yep, exactly. So we have to use their natural instincts against them. So why wouldn't we use their natural senses on our behalf as well? And, uh, and, and so I think you're, hunters are missing it when they are not utilizing all the tools that are out there right now to work on those three senses. Because if you can nail two out of those three, man, your eyes go way up. If you get three out of those three, other than that oddity that those deer just have an uncanny sense or those elk, your eyes go way, way up. And, 
on some and of it's us. fun to use oh it, well it's fun to use because you feel like you just just like calling in a gobbler man I, you know i could sit out in the woods and a gobbler could walk by and i could shoot it and that's okay and that's cool but if i call it yep. in and it interacts with the decoy now i've done something and i look at scent right. the same way man if i can put scent out and put that animal, whether it's that elk, that deer, that coyote, what, you know, whatever, whatever predator I'm after, where I want, or keep it there. Like, you know, if I'm using the coyote scent, like going back to what you said about the curiosity, you know, or the territorial, if I can keep them there or put them where I want them, man, that makes all the difference in the world. And you know the old adage, and, and when I managed an archery shop, we talked about it all the time. 10% of the guys killed 90% of the game. You would see yep. the same guys on the board. The same guys would come in every year. They're the ones that were harvesting the animals all the time. And it's the same with predators. It's the same with elk. It's the same with deer. There are consistently guys that are very efficient hunters. And to your point, those very efficient hunters, one, know the animal they're after. You know, I don't think you can ever learn enough about the, you know, about the animal you're after. But they're also, again, to your point, taking advantage of every way they can to either spark up that curiosity, the breeding, the territorial, you know, all the different senses that yep. may cause that animal to come in range. Yep, exactly. And, uh, you know, it's fun of predator hunting. I mean, you do a lot of it and we do a little bit of it here, but you know, when I do do it, I mean, let's think about this. A coyote is always going to swing downwind to, to check for, is it one, is it safe? They're going to come in. And they're worse than a deer, I think. Oh, I, I really bad. believe that. They're horrible. So if I've got a rabbit squeal going on, and I have rabbit smell there when they get downwind, and then I have coyote smell there, so there's other new coyotes in the area that are competing for that food that they're hearing, and then I got a little shaker going on, like I got a rabbit bouncing around. Let's think about that. I've just locked up all three senses. They're going to come in at least to a point where I'm going to have an opportunity at a shot. Now, that, that, how far they come in, every coyote is different, and you right. know that. Oh, but, yeah. but you've increased but, your odds exponentially. Oh, my goodness, huge. But here's the thing hunters have to understand. Scent is only designed to give you that three to 10-second window of opportunity to have a chance of harvesting that animal. That's what scent's designed to do. Yeah. Um, now, there's scent elimination stuff, and that's just designed to make you not there when you're there, but when we're talking real scents, elk scents, deer scents, predator scents, those scents, those real scents are there to make that animal really believe that it's okay to be there for a little bit of time for you to have that opportunity to harvest it. Right. And uh, a lot of hunters want, well, I wanted it to mount the decoy. Well, I wanted to fight the decoy. Well, it, well one out of a thousand might do that. Right. And if you have that extra one second, I mean, think of over the course of your and my lifetime in hunting, how many times is one one second, not just two or ten, you know, one second made the difference between you harvesting an animal or not harvesting an animal. I, I would have doubled my I would have doubled my harvest. Oh yeah, a lot makes a yeah. huge yep. huge difference. So I love that yep. you threw that out there because that is exactly the goal was sent. And you know, same thing if I'm if I'm trapping, I just I want it to cruise by and check out my set, and then it's you know yep. how well I made that set, whether it's going to work or not. But I'm actually going to go down to Texas, and uh, I'll have to show you because I've been using some of the. Uh, you know, some of the scents, the predator scents and the rabbit scents and some of my sets, and it's awesome. But, you know, from, ah, a, cool. from a traffic standpoint. But, Doug, one, you and Karen are great people. Two, the company you guys have, 
have literally innovated and and brought things to the industry is amazing um and where can people go let's let's give them your website where would you like them to go check you out at you know they're always welcome to come to conquestsense.com and they can order directly from the farm we'll ship it right from the farm but we literally are now in all the major stores uh, bass pro cabela's um academy stores shields uh, you name it we're in it um, which is to us, we still kind of pinch ourselves and we just go, wow, you know, how'd that all happen? Um, but it's also been an 18 year run. So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's hard to believe we've been, it's been around for 18 years, you know, starting with BS one, but so any, any of your major archery shops, your local shops, uh, should be carrying if they're not, let them know about it. And, uh, we'd love to have them on board with us. So, well, Doug, um, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me a little bit. Um, about some of the innovative stuff you guys have come up with. Um, yeah. I love it, and I appreciate you guys, and I hope that you guys have a Merry Christmas. Well, we think the world of you and Michelle and, and the family, so also Merry Christmas to all of you. Be safe, and then uh, just keep sending us all the successful uh, harvests that you guys are doing, and that keeps us happy on this end. All right. Well, thanks again, Doug. I really appreciate it. Take care, my friend.